We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Bears have the number one pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. QB1 and and one. one. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. We're going to evaluate the draft class, and I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away. We understand the magnitude of where we're at in the draft. I do whatever it takes. How about the number one pick with the Bears? Are you ready for people to start questioning whether you're the, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears next I mean, year? I am. I would trade Justin Fields, and I'm going to draft Bryce Young, who I think is going to be a better quarterback. I'm Justin Fields all the way. I love the kid. What I'm hearing out of Chicago is they're finna package him up, trade him for some other pieces, and then go with the Bryce kid from Alabama. What would Justin Fields do with another year in the NFL and another offseason, it's like you're just going to give up on that? The Bears would be absolutely insane yeah. to trade you. I know there's some really interesting things in the draft, but you have your quarterback built around him. With the first pick, the Chicago Bears select... The Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons on The Score. Alright, so... It is time for our Bears hypothetical thought experiment. Sometimes it's going to be a guest. We had on a Colts expert to talk about a common trade. Uh, We're going to at points profile Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. We'll sometimes talk about a guy like uh, Jason Lockenfora saying that he's hearing that the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields. It'll always be something different related to the Bears offseason in this time slot. Sometimes it might be free agency related or a trade or a draft or whatever the case may be. So today, what we thought was interesting was if you're Ryan Poles and you're thinking about all these things that are available there in front of you Mm -hmm. and trade down is the most common thing because of the number one pick and the value that it can get, how far down are you willing to go? What is the lowest you would feel comfortable as Ryan Poles trading in this particular draft. Speaks, you can either give me your answer straight up or think about some of the, the factors and the variables that you would be, you'd be weighing in here. I've been thinking about the factors and the variables since you proposed this as one of our 3 p.m. Uh, Shane and Chris dig into the draft uh, segment to be named items. And here, here's the factor for me. I don't want to come out of this draft without the very best prospect theoretically, of course, at a position that matters. So, look, if you're staying at one, I could get the best pass rusher, Will Anderson, or the best three technique, Jalen Carter. If I go down to two, I should still be able to do that. If I go down to four, I should still be able to do that, theoretically, because quarterbacks will jump up. 
I think I think four is the lowest you can go and get one of those two guys. Where you can guarantee you can get one of those guys. Maybe you could go down to five or six, uh-huh. but but four is the low lows you go where you'd guarantee it because if someone's trading up to one they're taking a quarterback and houston at two is taking a quarterback right so then if there's carter and anderson then that means you'd get the leftover of them at three or four if julio jones right if julio jones was in this draft i would be then thinking about how low could i go to get that premium wide receiver number one why you mentioned julio jones is he is There's not many examples of teams trading a ton of capital to move into the top 10 to draft non-quarterbacks, but Atlanta moved up from 27 to 6 to go up and get Julio Jones. Because he was clearly the guy, and they wanted that big-bodied number one, and they got him, and that proved to be right. So, But D-tackle and D-edge are not the only premium positions. So corner, like, would I accept coming out of this draft as a Bear fan with the number one corner in, in this draft or the number one left tackle in this draft? Somebody I could plug in, and maybe it's Skaronsky at Northwestern, but, but I don't know that there's any other positions that I would consider, right? As we talk about premium positions, I don't think there's a wide receiver that, that makes sense. So I'm left thinking tackle, maybe corner, three technique, D edge. Right. So that's that's so that's all logical. Um, I listen. I think that wide receiver is a premium position, and I think it's clearly a huge need. I don't think, based on what the experts say, that Jackson Smith and Jiba or the kid from uh, TCU Johnson is uh, is the type of like surefire number one receiver who's going to be be a superstar. If they were, mm-hmm. I would say that's a premium enough uh, position. But I'm. I'm with you. Quentin it, Johnston Qu- from TCU. Quentin Johnston. 6'4", 215. PFF has him as their 15th ranked prospect, and it, that's the first wide receiver on, th- on their board. Right. So that, But again, I mean, rookie wide receivers are producing basically every year in the NFL. So you would think that if you draft that guy and you scout him correctly, yeah. m- most of the rookie wide receivers are hitting uh, the last couple of years because of how well-trained that position is. I'm with you. I think that what the the argument would be I have to get a great player at a premium position in this draft. Do I have conviction on someone mm-hmm. lower than 4? And my guess would be <sighs> my guess would be if you're Ryan Poles and you've got this offensive lineman background, yeah. that that would be for an offensive tackle. That you would say to yourself I'm comfortable with some of the defensive linemen that are in free agency, mm-hmm. whether it is Javon Hardgrave or Deron Payne or Draymond Jones or Yannick Ngo- uh, Njoku, like the, the different defensive linemen in free agency, and Fluce will coach them up. My job is to protect Justin Fields, yeah. and I think I can get my left tackle of the future, Paris Johnson Jr., from Ohio State, have the Ohio State-Justin Fields connection. He's a refrigerator of a man. He's a 6'6 mountain. 6'6", 310, did not allow a sack on 449 pass block snaps at Ohio State. Played left tackle and played right guard. Uh, has shown versatility, but by all accounts, profiles out to a, a left tackle in the NFL. Is, is he, is, is, I mean, PFF has him higher than Peter Skaronsky. Skaronsky has shorter arms. Yeah, like exactly. Like 
very technically sound, but a couple of questionables on the tape. The, 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 the assumption from what I've been reading is that Paris Johnson is going to jump Skaronsky once they get to the combine. Wow. Is that when he gets to the combine and the, this guy just walks in and he fills up the door frame, <laughs> everyone's going to be like, oh, okay, well, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that, that looks like a left tackle. And skaronsky has been trying to stretch those arms out the last yeah. month, and it's not, it's not going well but from so, what I heard. But, but also, like, the further down you trade, the more draft capital you get. And right. So do you like, like, is it possible? So now let's try to put a number on it. Wait, do they so, like Miles Murphy, the edge rusher at Clemson enough? Like, could you like the second edge rusher enough that you're comfortable with that? Or the second tackle enough that you're comfortable with that? That's where I personally would get squeamish. I'd want the best player in the draft Me at too. the premium position. Me too. But sometimes... The it, second guy at the position drafted is the better one. Is the better one. It just it it invites way more criticism, way more scrutiny, and it's a little smugger, for lack of a better word. It's just kind of a smug, arrogant pick. And <laughs> like, like, oh no, I'm good. I don't need Jalen Carter. I'll take Miles Murphy. I don't need Will Anderson. I'll take Miles Murphy. Uh-huh. Like that's a that's a risky thing to do. It you is. open yourself up to a lot more criticism. If you don't go the consensus route, mm-hmm. but, and the further you trade down, the, yeah. the more draft draft capital you get. So like, would you trade? Let's let's, so we, we both agree. We would trade to four. Yes. Um, would, so I would trade to five, which is Seattle just in, you know, and obviously they could be an, end up being anybody. It could be multiple trades, et cetera. Yeah. But so would you, would you trade? I'll go to the extreme end. Would you, would you trade the nine? Carolina needs a quarterback. Would you trade the nine? At nine, I got to be okay with the second ranked prospect at one of those positions, I think. So I'm a no. Okay. I, I, it depend to me, it would depend on how many quarterbacks you think are going in front of them. Because if you think you can get your top tackle at nine to trade from one to nine, man, man, you're going to get a lot of value. You're, you're probably getting. This year, you're getting nine, mm-hmm. next year's first, and the following year's first, in addition to their second-round pick this year. You probably come away with two extra first-round picks from a team that, in theory, would be starting a rookie quarterback and would have absolutely no guarantee of being any good. So <sighs> I, if you are convinced that you can get your left tackle with the ninth pick of the draft, yeah. which obviously it'd be it'd – be, Hard to have certainty on that. But in theory, if Ryan Poles can scout anything, he can scout it. To me, that's the lowest I would go because I think people would be blown away by the number of picks you would get back. (sighs) And maybe you'd be able to get your left tackle of the future. Let's say that you go to nine and four quarterbacks, you know, go before you. Okay? I'm giving you... That Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, like that somebody will reach and say, you know what, I need a quarterback. I'll right. Go up so and you're, grab you're him. saying Levis, Stroud, Young, uh, and, Richardson, uh-huh. Carter, Anderson. That's six. Is is six guys in your in your scenario? Right. Then and then what? I think it, well, one it, of your tackles. There's two other picks, so it's probably going to be one of your tackles and maybe a second edge, something like that. I mean. Could the, be the corner. The corner from Oregon, right? Christian Gonzalez, people like a lot. Yeah. Um, 
as, as the top. I mean, corner is as premium of a position basically as exists in the NFL outside of quarterback. And and that's and where it gets interesting is that there are some good teams up there. So if you're Seattle or Detroit and you're not grabbing a quarterback up there, maybe you do want a lockdown corner and you're like, look at us. We just stepped up. Well, the Lions are probably drafting defense. You know, so you can if the Lions are staying put, they're probably drafting defense. Lions are at six and eighteen. Yeah, so you you if the Lions stay put at six, you can put a defensive player in there. I would say almost assuredly they've got a they've got a good offensive line. They had an awesome offense this yeah. year. Their defense was a travesty. Like I, I, I could easily see them saying, you know, we've got. Um, but they got a bunch of good defensive linemen, honestly. So Man, I, I, I could I could see them taking a corner. Bears are going to sign Jalen. I do believe that's your number one corner. They've shown an ability to get production out of some other rookie corners, even undrafted ones. Um, I don't I, I, I don't want to settle for the best corner in this draft coming out of this one. I'm I don't number think you one. can take a corner. I don't think you can take a corner. So if I want the tackle, I don't feel great about getting the first tackle off the board at nine. So you're seven. I'm seven. You're seven. Because because if I go to seven and there's three quarterbacks taken and then the other three, I still might miss out. I still might miss out on the tackle. Are you a one to seven or are you a one to two or a one to four and then a two to seven or in four to seven? I love your, your one to two and then two to seven or your one to four and four to seven. Give me a one to two, two to four, four to seven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but in, in or theory, one to four, four to seven. I don't care how I get to seven, but I'm not going lower than seven. But in theory, you should be able to get the same number of draft picks. Depending on, you shouldn't need extra trades necessarily. Oh, but anxiety and time might give you another draft pick or two. You know, uh, it, uh, yeah, but if you have the option to go one to two and then two to four and then four to seven or one to two and two to seven, you're going to get more picks. Why wouldn't you want more picks? No, but you're going to end uh, but, up but at I'm seven. Saying anyway. I'm saying I don't think you would necessarily get more picks. I think you'd have more certainty on draft day. Well, how about this? Because what, like in theory, the cost to move from one to seven, uh-huh. and the, the is and then the cost to move from four to seven. The difference should be on the chart. On the chart should but roughly be what it costs you to already make that first. The trade. move but from seven to one is going to be more than the move from two to one or four to one is what you're saying, right? It's going to cost more to move from seven to one. Yeah. I'm saying no matter how you get to say it was seven with with Vegas, if you do that by way of the fourth pick in the draft uh-huh. or you just get the picks from one team, right? it should be roughly the same amount of draft capital, just it would be coming from two different places as but opposed to one place. Here's the thing. I'm thinking of all those different stories we've all read about behind-the-scenes craziness that happens on draft night with multiple trades, right? If Let's say they go one to four with Chris Ballard and the Colts in the days before the draft. Okay, they go ahead and take the very best offer they can. And then they're sitting at four on draft night as the draft is developing. They realize that they're okay with the guy they'd take at four or the guy they'll take at seven because they start to have a feel of what's going to happen at five and six. And then seven is going crazy. Like, no, we want to get to four. We want to go ahead and get that guy. Stroud's going to be gone by the time we get to the Raiders. We want to jump to four and get him. You might get more on draft night. And and and, and, and more and more it, again insurance. It's certainty. Like that's what I'm saying. Like if yeah. you if you if you if you hey we'll move down, but we're going to move down incrementally. Because we want to be sure the draft keeps falling our way mm-hmm. to be sure that we end up with our guy at that top spot. And it's also, it's like, um, it's kind of like investing. Like you want to diversify your assets a little bit. 
So like if you trade with Indy and you get their future first, yeah, and then you trade from four to seven you and you get Vegas, some Vegas picks, now now you don't only have draft capital from one team. Either one like, of them sucks and you're sitting pretty, right? In in case you give up, in case Bryce Young is amazing, he becomes Joe Burrow, and now you've acquired draft picks from a team with an awesome quarterback. Yeah. You you would want to diversify your assets a little bit. So that that makes sense to me. Great stuff on the text line from a ton of listeners thinking about how we do this. You know and what they would do a bunch of people like this this is fun to think about this opportunity and that's why we wanted to do this because and it's by the way it's why getting the number one pick was so valuable because you really can control the whole thing based on based on where you're at and yes of course these are all hypotheticals we don't know if these offers are going to really be on the board and mock drafts are just that at this point but uh if ryan poles said my left tackle of the future is in this draft. Yeah. I'd be comfortable with him trading down further than four as long as he came away with that guy at that position. Because I frankly, I if you're taking defense, and this is my offensive bias coming in, you need to get the best guy. But if you're taking offense... I'm okay with you taking a guy that is more of a supporting cast role because in theory you've got Justin Fields that elevates yeah. the other guy. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want I don't want to take Skaronsky if his arms are going to make him turn into a guard at some point. No, you do not want to be drafting a guard. You, you you can't take a pick that ends up being a guard. I I agree with you, but like so like if they but if they take defense, what I'm saying is like yeah, I want it to be Carter or or, or Anderson. If they take offense. And it's obviously a non-quarterback. It feels like you can go a little bit lower in the draft in order to get that guy because quarterbacks will be overdrafted and those top defensive players mm-hmm. are going to be up there. So I think it's stay in the top 10, come out of there with at least one extra first. And if you move down all the way to seven or nine, you're probably coming out of there with multiple extra firsts. Man, it, it so much hinges on on some different news items. Is Derek Carr going to the Jets? That limits the Aaron Rodgers possibilities, and maybe he does go to Vegas. Does Rodgers emerge from darkness and stay in Green Bay? We'll see what hat he's wearing, if he can even see the logos there in the darkness. Uh, I want Vegas to want a quarterback. I don't want Vegas to get uh, one of those one of those guys. I don't want Vegas well, to get Rodgers. Yeah, I was just saying, they're not getting Carr. No. Um, yeah, that makes sense. You you want as many teams in the top ten quarterback hungry to still need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, Texter says, Danny, why does nobody talk about the Bears trading with Houston for two and twelve? I would make that trade immediately. That's according to the trade value chart. It costs more than it costs less than the twelfth overall pick to move up from two to one. So they don't have to give it up. They don't have to give up twelve. But if but, you could fleece, if you could fleece them, if you could scare them, maybe, you, and you could scare Cal McNair. Get scared, Nick Casario, and say like, "Oh no, no, no! We're going to make this deal with with India, and they're going to take Bryce Young. You better come up and get it." Yeah, and the only way we're doing it is for the twelfth pick. I mean, yeah, that would that would be considered an overpay by all the draft value charts yeah. that are out there. But yeah, that'd be awesome because then you could take your best. You could take Anderson or Carter or trade down from two to wherever again. Yeah, and pick up that's and then and then at twelve you are in the range to draft a receiver. Mm-hmm. Texture says it's Friday and you're making my head hurt. I'm I mean, sorry about it's all that. Right. 
Your head shouldn't hurt. Bears hypothetical, keep, buddy. We're throwing it, a lot of numbers at you. It's confusing. Yeah, we understand. I know, I know, but we're looking at the draft order, and so could you. Don't pretend you're not. Don't pretend that, that you guys aren't out there using your PFF mock draft simulator, which lets you make trades based on the value chart. Yeah, don't pretend that no. you're not. <laughs> like all of us. Like all of us. Exactly. Shane, does your head hurt here on a Friday? No, well, I feel good. That's good. See? Yeah, you don't have to use the private browser when you're making those trays on PFF. <laughs> yeah. It's totally you fine. You don't have to go incognito. Your wife knows what you're doing. <laughs> it's no big deal. <laughs> Crazy stories from the Super Bowl parade, and we're going to use Nick Wright, TV star, to uh, start spreading some narratives nationally for us. That's coming up at 4 o'clock. But uh, the Bulls folded up last night. It was such a depressing mortal lock to occur. It's next on the score. <laughs> Up by 12 here as we come to the finish line. Milwaukee is going to win their 12th consecutive game. It's going to be their first win against the Bulls this year in late December. They're on a great run. Half game behind the Boston Celtics as we hit the all-star break. Getting back to you and these damn Chicago Bulls. So that game last night was an eyesore. On, on TNT because everyone was out. Um, you know, Middleton's out and Connaughton's out and we got news of Bulls injuries before the game. But then Giannis got hurt and Giannis was out and it was just, just a tough watch. It was non-competitive. You never really thought the Bulls had a shot to win. But it's funny because, like, even after Giannis got hurt, there was absolutely no chance you thought the Bulls would win. No, so I, I was mad at myself for not going harder on it on, on the show because um, I was texting with, with my nephew Jack, Brad's son, who's a, a biggest NBA fan I know at this point, 17 years old. He, you know, we gambles on sports. I got him into it when he was like eight years old. You have to stop saying that out loud. He's not allowed to gamble on sports. Danny's no, no, proud totally. Of it. Danny's totally. really proud You have of to it. stop. Okay, yeah, he totally doesn't do it. But anyway, point is... He's a huge Bucks fan, and I'm like, you guys are going to destroy us, the Bulls tonight. And he's like, well, you know, no Middleton, and it, we'll, we'll we'll see. I'm like, no, 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 mm. no, no. Bulls have quit written all over them. The Bucks uh, went into overtime against the Celtics two nights ago when the Celtics didn't play any of their guys. Like, the Bucks are a proud professional basketball team oh, yeah. that's going to want to go into the All-Star break with good vibes, they're on a winning streak. They're not going to want to drop to a bad team after they felt like they got pushed to overtime against the undermanned Celtics team. Like the the Bucks have pride, the Bulls don't. The Bucks <laughs> will show up, the Bulls will not. I'm laying the eight and a half, and it was the easiest win I've had in months. Like it was just so obvious that this this team is quitting before our eyes. I promise you, that's where this is going. Oh man, it's 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 happening. It's it, happening. It's happening. And then even when no fight left, some of the when some of the young bucks show some fight, they're not the young bulls show some fight. Yeah, they're not good enough. Like there was a moment last night where Dalen Terry had muscled up and played really good defense on Drew Holiday for a couple of possessions. And, and t- Terry played hard. Yeah, and and he he took it to the glass it, it, on offense a couple of times. And then did you see when Drew Holiday just muscled Dale and Terry into the post and just basically took him under the basket yes. and, and, and put up the little righty jump book? It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. 
that is a gold medal winner and the point guard of a world champion. So it, it, when it was time to tell Dale and Terry, nice effort, or to say to Patrick Williams, all right, or sadly, even to say to Nikola Vucevic, enjoy your double-double again. That's good for you. Then the likes of Brooke Lopez and, and, and Drew Holiday could just say, it's our turn to tell you who's boss. They're and a, you knew it was coming. They're a serious basketball team. Right. And they, they won the first quarter by 10, and then they kept the Bulls at an arm's length the entire game. The Bulls basically played them even, mm. second, third, and fourth quarter, but it was, it was, they never got it down to like one. It wasn't like that type of game. It was, just, it was like the Bucks were up 18, then it was back to 10, then the Bucks were up 16, then it was back to 10, then the Bucks were up 15, and it was down to nine, and then it was back to 10. Just like, they just kept them at an arm's length the entire game. They could do anything they wanted, even with their best players out, and I think there is just something to the Bulls. Their biggest problem is roster construction. We've talked about that ad nauseum. We know they don't shoot enough threes. They're not playing a modern brand of basketball. Mm. But they fold up shop, man. They just they 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 fold up shop yeah. quick. This is it, 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 it's time. And and Zach Levine saying out loud last night, yeah, we don't really have an identity. Whose fault is that, Zach? Who whose fault? It, that's partially your fault. You realize that, right? You say it right now, you know, before you get out of town here, here for the All-Star break. Yeah, here he is. I mean, something isn't working, obviously. You know, some games were really good, some days were bad. And that's, once again, the consistency factor of, you know, figuring out what our identity is and what we're going to each and every game. Even if guys are in and out of the lineup, you see some teams that have consistency with what they do. They have an identity. I think that's something that we, you know, we're still trying to figure out in these last couple of years. Obviously, we changed our offense a little bit last year, or this, this year from last year, but it's no excuse with the type of talent that we have on the team. Man, I I wish he had been traded at the deadline. I know you do. He, uh, It's a lame thing to say. It's pretty clear that he's just throwing his coach under the bus there. Yeah. Right? That's what he's doing. Be, be, we don't have an identity. We don't have a system. These other teams, when they lose guys, they can still play to their system. He's saying that there is some sort of coaching systemic deficiency there and by the way he might not be wrong about that they don't play the right style of basketball for the modern NBA even when in that Pacers game when it looked a little bit better with the three-point attempt numbers Mm. because the the four games before the Pacers game were historically bad for missing three-point shots and not taking enough. But then in that Pacers game, it looked a lot better, and they, they, they still lost and collapsed and blew the huge lead. And they just, but it's just nothing's consistent with them. To me, to me though, the whole thing is like, I think there was a vision that AK had, and he and Billy shared it, as long as Lonzo Ball was here to mitigate weaknesses and to drive the identity of the thing. And since he's been hurt... They've really done nothing of consequence to try and salvage it or shift what they were going to do. They have instead just let Damar and Zach do what they do and run this thing without going out and getting a point guard replacement or without blowing it up and taking a step back because they don't trust Lonzo. They're literally sitting around wishing and hoping that Lonzo gets healthy. That seems to me to be the identity since he's been hurt. I guess I, I, I think with how AK talked about it, even if they think Lonzo's coming back next year, I still think DeMar's getting traded. 
this offseason. Well, now I think they've waited and hoped that they were going to develop some sort of identity without Lonzo, but it's not like Billy. So, so I, I'm giving Zach a little a little truth here. Like it's not like Billy has stepped up and demanded and made sure they play a certain way. No, nor, in Lonzo's nor, absence. No, nor and, and I, listen, I think that NBA coaches for the most part are pretty good. Uh, but there are only a few real difference makers. It's such a player's league. Such a player's league. It's hard to have a difference making coach um, schematically, X's and O's wise. You don't do a ton of different game planning. Mm-hmm. You hear it all the time. Oh, LeBron's calling out that other team's set before they run it. Right? Rondo would call out right. other team's sets. Like, like, these teams all know what they're doing. And, and so it, it's hard to. There, there's Eric Spolstra. You know, there, there's Greg Popovich, but even he, when Pop has no talent, he he can't do anything. Right, with it. right, but but Pop and and a couple others will really drive the players hard and get them to have a consistent effort. That that's something that that is not happening here either. Well, Stan Van Gundy is a great analyst. He's ha- seen a couple of Bulls games recently on TNT. He was with our guy Jason Goff on the full go and talked about how the coach can set a standard. You set a standard of how you want your team to play the things that are non-negotiable and the things that you think are within your control as a team and that players have in their control. So guys are going to miss shots. They'll go on times when they're making shots, all of those things. But, you know, we can get back on defense and take away fast breaks. We can make a commitment defensively to the things that we think are important, whatever that is. Um, Like for me, it was trying to keep the ball out of the paint. Um, We can block out and rebound the ball. And then offensively, we can share the ball and play together, those kind of things. I think you've got to hold that standard, whether you're a rebuilding team at the bottom or whether you're a great team. And I think that helps you through the ups and downs. If you're doing those things, you're happy as a coach and you, you know, want to convey that to your players. And if you're not, you've got to convey that also, because sometimes you're not really playing to your standards, but the shooting bails you out or an individual talent bails you out, but you're not doing the things that you need to do. And so I think if you stay consistent, to these are our standards of play. That's how you gain trust of your players and a consistency as a coach. If you're just reacting to the results, the Bulls on a four-game losing streak, or you go on a five-game winning streak, if you just react to that, to me, that's a recipe for inconsistency because shooting is always going to be an up-and-down thing. And it is one of the biggest reasons you win and lose. Um, And so you're going to go like this a little bit. But if you stay with your standards, you got a chance. Man, that's really good stuff from Stan Van Gundy on Jason Goff's podcast, The Full Go. Because a couple things in there, it's about like trusting your process and your standards as opposed to being frantic about results. And, And that thing in there about sharing the ball, that was what Stan lived with. You know, are we playing for each other and sharing the ball? The only way that this team has done that is when Lonzo's there. That's it. They, they, they haven't done it at all without him. Like, every once in a while, there'll be a two- or three-game stand. And that's what I'm, um, I've progressively gotten angrier at, at Billy 
for be for not making sure somehow doing everything you can to try and make sure they play that way. They do not play that way. They don't. I don't think any great coach would solve this problem, but he certainly doesn't have the solutions right now, and it shouldn't all be because of Alonzo Ball injury. Uh, Nick Wright will join us at 4 o'clock with some unbelievable stories. In a few minutes, want to revisit a headline that I kind of dismissed a few months ago that I think we should have given a little bit more credence to related to what we're talking to right now. That's next on The Score. Everybody, we are live. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Strange twists and turns with the guys over there on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on The Score. We're having a little fun. Welcome back, Parkinson Spiegel on The Score. In 15 minutes, our guy Nick Wright will join us. My best friend, star at uh, Fox Sports 1, Kansas Cityan. Was basically the guest of honor. Wait a minute. I thought Derek Stevens was your best friend. He's, my, he's my hero and my dream best friend. I thought Nick's Adam the... Lefko was your best friend. No. But Lefko and I went to college together like uh. Nick, but no. You know, we got to put our friends You guys on. would watch, you would do football Sundays together, right? That's right. Is that a weird thing to say? I thought Andrew Filipponi was your best friend. He's a very good friend of mine. Oh, very good. Very I good. You told me Steph was your best friend. <laughs> now I know you're lying. I would never. <laughs> I would never say such a ridiculous thing. Because Steph is his wife. That's I, why. That's right. Yeah, it's that's a very different thing. That's right. Is Shane, your wife not supposed to be your best friend? That's what everybody says. Not always. It's healthy to have a best friend. Mine is. Oh, it's adorable. Well, no, it's I just don't have any best friends. Yeah, out there. Not Dag Julin, <laughs> Dog Julin, and he is part of Sonic Forty Five. We're playing tonight at Hainani in Arlington Heights, and I'm very excited. Thank you for the opportunity to plug Shane. It's gonna be a great night. It's called inst- instinct, my friend. Yeah, that's, <laughs> what, instinct. that's what that is. By the way, in two hours, we are going to reveal the finalists in the Dave Matthews Band impersonation contest for I'm, the uh, Dave Matthews tickets. I'm surprisingly excited for this. <laughs> I mean, to, to myself. Because I'm surprised at your own excitement. I heard Shane cycling through some of the uh, submissions. The, oh, my God. And I was, <laughs> I was laughing. I was laughing quite a bit. All right. So, what I wanted to revisit here, because we talked about it when it happened, and I said, I remember saying, Man, this guy is making a really compelling case, but I'm not quite there yet. And that was when Michael Pina at uh, The Ringer. He's a good writer, by the way. Good hoops guy. Yeah. He wrote a very long article that said the Bulls are the NBA's most depressing team. He said Chicago has backed itself into an unenviable corner and possibly the worst situation in the entire league. But he wrote, changes could be coming soon. And that he was basically making the case back at the end of November that they should change that it. they were on a road to nowhere, that they weren't playing the right brand of basketball, that the pieces didn't fit, that Lonzo wasn't going to be uh, counted on as a salvation. He talked about their two-point shot rate, their three-point shot rate, all sorts of advanced metrics, the age of the, the guys not matching up. Uh, with, with like Vooch not matching up with Lonzo in terms of like timeline and Vooch mm-hmm. would be aging out and all, all of these things. It was very, 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 very well done. And I remember saying to myself, I was like, man, this is a, this, you, you could not make the case better than he's made it. But I still think Zach healthy, Lonzo healthy, they're not a championship team but they're a competitive team, mm-hmm. and then you trade Vooch at the deadline for a piece that fits those other guys, and you maybe have something here. I think they might be the worst in the worst position of any team in the league. 
Yeah, it's in a, it's a pretty terrible position right now, and they're incredibly depressing. It, because the only the only thing that's maybe saving them is that if they do finish with the fifth worst record in the league, they'll have a 41, 42% chance mm. of getting a top four pick, and they would keep their top four pick. And so if you signed Vooch, traded DeMar, got a top four pick, and Lonzo came and back, Lonzo came back yeah. you're... And then obviously that top four pick would need to hit. Uh, you're maybe not in as bad of a position as I previously would have thought, but I thought it was worth it to revisit the idea. Not that you and I watch every game of every team around the league and are completely well-versed in every team's no, age and salary we, we, cap situation. But, but we pushed back on it a little bit then. There was reason to push back, and there's not much reason to push back on it right now. That's for damn sure. No. I understand the revisit um, w- I, without a doubt. And, 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 like, the numbers aren't great either. Like, the the lineup construction with DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine on the floor, they're a little bit better than they were back in November because yeah. Levine has been better. Basically, um, like the numbers back then were galling, but again, Levine was working his way back from a knee injury, but it's still like the core guys don't fit mm-hmm. and they're old and they don't have their draft capital. And I don't know who you would argue is in a worse position you know, than the Bulls. I, I have, I've been, I've been very hard on Zach and anti Zach. Cause I honestly don't believe he's like a winning ball player. Yeah, I, I I don't, and and I think there's been a lot out there, but uh, to to back that up, but the problem here is as we've said, and the problem is them playing Zach and Demar together without a point guard to help, like really set the pace and set the tone the way they want to, like letting these guys play together as non-defensive hero ball players next to each other and they just haven't been able to figure it out so that's on billy that's on ak and that's on the overall mix and it's on the weight for lonzo the weight for lonzo a great line in um kelly dwyer you know kd on hoops you know kelly dwyer his sub stack is one of a couple different uh basketball newsletters i subscribe to tom ziller who i'm a fan of and, and kelly dwyer but he has the line about uh, Lonzo Ball today. And today, as he says, these bulls treat Lonzo Ball like he's going to come back from the store with those cigarettes. <laughs> like like, like the, the deadbeat dad who says, I'm just going to go out for smokes and never comes back. And you just like, no, dad's coming back. Yeah. He's coming back any moment. And AK is still like hanging around for two years waiting for Lonzo to come back from the store with the smokes and it's not happening. Well, he's at least he's not saying it like Pax would always talk about with Derek. But the inactivity is it. I no, I, I understand. I'm just saying for a Bulls fan, at least you don't have the nauseating. Well, we had we got unlucky with Derek getting hurt. Uh the <laughs> the inactivity is also plenty nauseating. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. But at, le- at least he's not publicly saying that and insulting your intelligence time and time again. Uh, I don't think they're running it back next year for whatever that's worth. Uh, but not that I think it's worth very little because you still have to watch the last 20 something games of this year. You don't have to even save your time. Honestly, I always, if, if the team's not giving you a good enough product to watch, you don't have to watch it. It's kind of our job, but you don't have to watch it. Um, hmm. what's going to be, what will be the twisting of the knife, man is if they get the fifth pick in the draft. And, and then and have give nothing it to, to show for it. Yeah. And it's the, so it's the top pick that you could get that you'd have to ship off to Orlando to culminate the Wendell Carter, Franz Wagner, uh, 
Vooch trade, the fifth pick in the draft. <laughs> and and they're going to need a lot of lottery luck to not get that because they're not going to have one of those top four uh, worst records in the NBA. No, if they have the – if they like, like I said, C- Cody Westerland was tweeting about it last night. If they, if they have the fifth worst record in the league, they've got about a 41, 42% chance of moving up into the top four. So it won't be that lucky to move up, but – Knowing the Bulls' luck, it's not going to go their way. But before Nick joins us at 4 o'clock, this guy asks us to do something. We say yes. He's a huge friend of the score, huge friend of the show, a great guy. He's philanthropic. He helped me out when I bought my house, David Hochberg, uh, 56david.com, but also helped out with the Radiothon, helped out with the, the 5K for brain cancer awareness for my brother. David Hochberg has another great cause that he wants to let our listeners know about. What up, David? What's up, Danny? Appreciate you giving me the opportunity to call in. It's uh, tomorrow's the second annual Vestathon, where where we are raising awareness and funds to help the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation buy bulletproof vests, replacement vests for the officers of the Chicago Police Department from ten until one on my show on another station. So, okay, you raised two hundred fifty grand last year. You called in. Uh, this hits me. It's crazy that it's needed to fundraise for, right? Like, I get why a grocery store on the west side needs fundraising. I get why cancer research needs fundraising. I don't fully understand why a police department with a $2 billion budget needs David Hochberg on another radio station to raise two hundred fifty grand. Can you explain it to me? Yes, complete incompetence is what it is. Um, uh, you have 12,500 officers of the Chicago Police Department out there protecting us every single day that they – uh, strap on that uh, on their on their belt uh, gun belt and their and their shield and their bulletproof vests go to protect us. And I just want to put I want everybody to know, even though you don't live in Chicago, every time you cross over the 606 zip code and enter Chicago, the men and women of the Chicago Police Department protect you. So when you come down to work, when you fly into O'Hare Midway, when you go to see a game or come down for dinner or come down to see a show or go shopping or whatever. The uh, Chicago Police Department is your police department when you cross that line and enter into the city in the 606 zip code. So why isn't they? Why aren't they provided replacement bulletproof vests like all the other departments in the suburban police forces do? I have no idea. It's complete incompetence. It's complete stupidity. And that's why we need to help the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation raise funds so they could take the funds that they have set aside, Danny. They have. They, they have set aside $550,000 of their budget to buy, um, to buy I believe, 1,000 bulletproof vests. We're just helping to raise enough funds, enough money, or as much money as possible so they could use those funds that they got set aside for the vest to take care of the Gold Star families, which are the families of, that, uh, of the officers that made the ultimate sacrifice and died in the line of duty, and to support other families of, of officers that, have gotten injured during the line of duty that might need a couple of bucks to get them by. So, so how do people, how do people support it? If they, if they, if they want to contribute, how do they support it? Yeah, it's real simple. There's a website set up CPD vest.funds. I hooked up with the barstool guys, Chicago, uh, white Sox, Dave and chief. I did both their loans. Uh, they, they, um, they corralled barstool sports river North opening up at 11 all day tomorrow drinks and food specials 50 percent of the of the handles going to the vestathon so and white Sox dave is going to be calling in my show uh, every hour giving updates so it's going to be uh it's going to be a great event and also you can listen i've got sweaters signed by savard secor 
uh, Chelios and Troy Murray, as well as uh, Eddie Olchek. And I'm trying to – I've got jersey signed by uh, Dan Hampton. We're going to be doing a bunch of uh, um, fundraising that way as well, uh, raffling off jerseys and other signed memorabilia from Chicago sports legends. Hockberg, you're good people. You support us. We support you, man. Good luck with it tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys, for the opportunity. Take care. Yeah, you of course. It. CPDVest.com. CPDVest.com if you want to help out directly. Appreciate David Hockberg for always supporting our initiatives, so we will obviously support his initiatives. Nick Wright, first things first. Pat Mahomes breaking off from the parade to dap him up. Travis Kelsey. Just think about like a hometown kid made good. Crazy stories from the Super Bowl parade. Talk some sports with the FS1 superstar next on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.